Josh, you were sharing a statistic right before we hit record about the profitability of Halloween and Christmas and how Christmas is number one and Halloween is number two. And Thanksgiving has just kind of evaporated off the face <laughs> of the earth. Yeah, it was something crazy. Like I was reading and they were talking about Halloween was like in the United States was worth about $4 billion a year in retail sales. And Christmas was worth about, you know, six or seven or whatever it was. But Thanksgiving was worth not that much because it was all just food people were buying and it wasn't like goods and services. Gotcha. And so I was, yeah, it, it is interesting. And I was thinking about that and I was like, it's kind of lame. It is lame. <laughs> so in the you spirit know. of recognizing uh, the spirit of Thanksgiving, we're calling this episode Thankfulness. Today on Curiosity Continuum. And this is Brian. Welcome to Curiosity Continuum. Curiosity Continuum is a podcast and movement started by two lifelong friends whose mission is to guide you through a changing world by helping you level up your contextual awareness and also your collaboration and problem-solving skills. Our conversations explore, examine, and reframe common practical topics that help you learn something new and apply what you already know in a new way. If you find these conversations helpful, please hit subscribe on your favorite podcast app and rate us, leave a review so others can join the community. And you can always find us on curiositycontinuum.com and on our social media. Thanks for tuning in and let's start the conversation. So Josh, I realize that as I get older, more and more, I'm grateful for the people who um, poured into my life, especially in the formative years. And even right. now, I'm grateful for people, what they did. And if thankfulness is running a little bit dry in in this season, especially between Thanksgiving and Christmas and people get really busy and there's dynamics of family and everything else, I just wanted to simply call out folks in our life, and this may be a shorter episode, just to say thank you to people because that seems to not be the case anymore. And I'd like to just kind of help everybody get in that mindset to call somebody up, shout them out on social media and say thank you. Yeah, it's great. I think that kind of like a primer for me would be that there has been many people that have influenced me in my life and that maybe I did get the chance to say thank you and maybe I didn't. And I think this is a worthwhile endeavor that I think everybody should go through to actually write down or think or call. Even if you don't actually talk to these people, I think it's good to get that out there. You know, I think you'll realize that you became who you are because of those people. So I'll go ahead and start. All right. I want to thank my mom and dad. And it sounds like the Academy Awards. <laughs> you know, I'd like to thank my mom and dad. Because <laughs> they made me who I am today. Exactly. And, you know? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, but yeah, it's serious. Yeah. So. I want to thank my mom and dad. And when I say mom and dad, I mean my the mom and dad that I knew because I was adopted when I was a year old from South Korea. So I want to thank mom and dad, even in their their heartbreak of not being able to conceive their own children, thank you for welcoming a child into your home. 
Thank you, thank you for loving a child who didn't look like you, like they did look like you. And thank you for giving me a warm, inviting home to grow up in. So mom and dad, thank you. Okay, so it's really hard to follow that up, but I do want to thank my mom and dad too. I was actually thinking about that because for me, my mom and dad were formative to me and they did teach me a lot of things, even if I don't want to admit it all the time. And I think that I'm a better person for having them in my life. So that's that's where I'm going with that one. All right. I want to thank my fourth grade teacher. Her name is George Ann Cantock. And I'll also thank Larry Cantock, who's her husband. When I she was my teacher, she was George Ann Stadnick. Now, in fourth grade, that's a pretty pivotal year within elementary school because you're not quite a middle schooler yet. But that was the year when I was very, very shy. And for the amount of volume of words I say in this podcast, you probably would never know that I was that way. George Ann Cantock was responsible for helping bring me out of my shell. And she did it in a way that invited somebody who was kind of shy, maybe not quite self-assured about themselves as much as they could be, to come out and contribute. And she recognized that. And in her own special way, she helped draw this introvert out into the rest of the world. So here I am today as part of that product. Um, I will also jump ahead to Larry Cantock, who was my choir director for many years. Thank you so much for the person that you were. Thank you for serving in the military, especially during the Vietnam conflict. When you came home, you were not welcomed for that service. Thank you for that service. Thank you for uh, helping shape my musical future by the things that you did as my choir director. Thank you. All right. So the next person I want to thank is going to be my second grade teacher, Mrs. Nelson. So Mrs. Nelson recognized that I was actually a interesting person, just like caught up in the wrong kind of crowd type thing. So I, because I had just moved to Monticello, my sec, my second grade year, I was going through a lot of things as a kid, like the kind of adjustment to a new school, new friends, all that kind of stuff. And she recognized that I was a good, a good person underneath. And I think all kids are good, but she recognized that I had potential and she recognized that this is what we have to do to get this out of you. And she did it. And going into third grade, when I met Brian, that was probably that really shaped me who I was going into there. And I know it was a little weird when I met Brian, but that's where I was coming out of. So I think that I really do thank her for that. This next one, um, Josh and I want us to riff on it a little bit. I want to thank our eighth grade art teacher, Karen Lundblad. Now this lady recognized that Josh and I. That was her first. That was her first name, Karen. Karen. Yeah, that was her name. Wow, I just meant this is Mrs. <laughs> Okay, that's good. That's good. Now you know. Karen Lundblad was one of those teachers that if you encountered her just through normal student life, you'd think that she might be a little bit dry or whatever. But Josh and I, for some reason, found good favor with her. And she... We did. And she could tell that we were creative people, but we were never going to make our living as painting artists or any other kind of thing. And so thank you for allowing two friends to sit next to each other and create together and not make us get a triple Z minus 
<laughs> for the execution of certain things. Thank you for recognizing right. our creativity in different ways and rewarding the effort. Yeah, and I want to riff on that too. I want to say thank thank her for, like Brian said, allowing us to actually be friends in the class. Because a lot of times if Brian and I were in the same class, we were not allowed to be together because <laughs> we would be this we would not be maybe the most productive you know, productive or whatever but art class was about that it was about finding creativity in yourself and she allowed us to do that and that i think that's really super important and as an art teacher she excelled because that she did allow us to create yes and i i really really enjoy that and remember that fondly about her I want to thank for the next step. I want to thank, um, this is going to sound really funny, Josh. I want to thank Taco Bell for being my first job. Now, Josh, this was not his first job, but this is where actually I brought Josh into the Taco Bell fold at the time. <laughs> it's the first W-2 job I had. We'll say this that. That's true. Josh <laughs> delivered papers. I actually helped him deliver papers. So um, thank you, Taco Bell, for teaching us about the work world for our very first step. And we had a lot of fun. That Like it was the people that made that place fun. It was June bug. It was oh, Steph yeah. and Chuck and yeah, and it wasn't the Steve Barkley and acids and you know, <laughs> <laughs> there's actually other fun that we had there. So thank you for that life experience because it's something that I still talk about today with my children. So thank you for that experience. And I do want to thank Taco Bell as well. And not just for the people I met the manager, Mark, that gave me the chance to actually work at a place that I thought was going to be awesome, and it was. That is the place for me. I want to also think, like, this whole idea of, like, talking to, like, talking to other people other than myself or other than my group of friends. Because that was where I first learned to talk to, like, girls that weren't in our group of friends or guys that weren't in our group of friends. It was really weird because I was like 16 when I got that job, but I never had a job with peers before. I always, if I had a job, it was always like I was doing it by myself or I was working with my grandparents in a lumber mill somewhere. These were people my own age. And I do really thank that opportunity because that was that I think fast forwarded me to really start being less introverted than I am, than I was. Cause I was super introverted even before that. Mm -hmm. I would be remiss if I didn't mention some musical thankfulness and there's quite, there's a big, bigger list here for me. So just because I go through them a little bit quicker, I don't want to uh, give the impression that they weren't important. Pat Farron was a jazz guitarist in the Minneapolis area and he also was a luthier and he was a friend of my, our friend, John Culp, from growing up. And John introduced me to him, and he's the one that built my first custom instrument that I had. He's the one that introduced me to jazz theory. He's the one that really got my mind thinking about what this instrument could do as far as a bass player, you know, and showing me those different things. And giving me those seeds of information that carried me through that without his influence, I wouldn't be the musician I am today. That bass that he built me was something that I carried for many years until I ended up having to sell it in a, in a tougher time in my life financially. But I actually retained one of the instruments that went through uh, John's hands and went back to mine. So thank you, John, for holding the instrument for me. Thank you, Pat, for 
pouring into a young guy, just spent hours and hours of time pouring into him. Thank you so much for that. I want to thank Mike Talbot, who is a Minnesota musician, and he was one that recognized that I had an interest in bass. Let me play his old 66 jazz bass, his fretless bass he let me borrow, and upright bass. Those were major formative years for me as a musician. And without the kindness of these older men, I never would have had type of experience or foundations to be able to build upon into my adult life. And my adult life, I've enjoyed a lot of um, high-profile professional experiences in music just by being in Nashville and being competent and being a good person to be around and, and being able to perform their role in the band. Thank you so much for those things you poured into a young man when he knew barely anything about the instrument and giving him the time mm-hmm. of day and not looking down at me because of my age or because of my skill level. Thank you so much. And this one's probably going to be a little surprise for Brian. I want to thank uh, Mrs. Erdahl. She was a, a chemistry teacher that we had, and she allowed Brian and I to like do a lot of stuff together, a lot of crazy things. But she pulled me aside a lot of times, and she said to me a lot of times, she goes, I understand that you may not think that you're a worthwhile person or you have some issues going on at home, but just know that I know that you can do this, that you're good enough to do stuff. And I was like, you know, looking back on it, I didn't even realize it, how important it was at the time, but I was like, yeah, whatever, you know, give me a good grade in the test. But I realized now that she was really putting herself out there because as a teacher, you shouldn't really do that, you know, say that kind of stuff to people and the kids and students. But she really always inspired me to be better than who I am. And I think it would be interesting to talk to her today. I know I don't even know if she's a teacher anymore, but it would be interesting to say, you know what? I really remember the stuff you told me. And so I want to thank her for that. That's really good, man. Now I got to think about something here. You thought this was going to be a short episode, Brian, but I know. <laughs> it might be like two episodes. It might be long. two episodes. I know. That's okay. <laughs> it's actually good if it works that I way. I know. Continuing on the music thanks, I want to thank three different folks. Um, that I listened to growing up and they influenced my playing and I didn't meet them until I actually moved to Nashville and I had a chance to have personal relationships with all of them. Man, what a gift. Um, Otto Price, who is a uh, fabulous bass player, uh, really had his uh, claim to fame in the more public space with the band called DC Talk. They were a contemporary Christian uh, music band in the 90s especially. Uh, Toby Mack is one of the... uh, main musicians in that band who has continued their career in a more public sense and the other frontmen have continued their own careers in their own regards um, in different pursuits. Otto was one that I met at church. He immediately was very warm and welcoming, invited me to go on sessions with him, introduced me to people that even though that the gigs didn't pan out the way that uh, I had hoped, he was very gracious in that way. And was very giving on time on the phone and just in person to play something and I would just watch him. So there's one. Second man is named uh, Phil Joel. Phil Joel was a member of the band called Newsboys. Again, another uh, CCM band. And when he came into the band, he was playing that album, uh, Take Me to Your Leader, was a pivotal album for me just listening to how that album was put together. Some of that is the production by Steve Taylor. But... His approach to the instrument and kind of the role that he played in his overall persona was something that influenced me as far as 
the presence of the bass as far as an image in the band and as far as how his sensibilities kind of undergirded everything in a very understated sort of way. Thank you, Phil. The last man I'll mention is Will McGinnis. Will McGinnis was a uh, part of a band called Audio Adrenaline. I love the time I spend with Will these days, uh, just talking about other things in life, business and personal things. And he was one that his tone and his approach to it was something that shaped how I actually had my instrument sound. Even to the fact now where when I hear those things, I remember like, oh, that's actually influenced me to sound the way I do in certain things. Thank you, Will McGinnis, for those things. Thank you for those three men in contemporary Christian music for giving me sonic cues and for the, the graciousness you've given me in the time when I got to know you in Nashville. Thank you. Okay, so I want to thank, the next people I want to thank are my grandparents. Uh, the one set of grandparents first, then the second set. I don't want, no. look everybody, I don't have favorite grandparents. I do, but I'm not going to tell you who they were. They all inspired me differently, and I think that all their contributions were important. So the first set of grandparents I'm going to talk about were my mom's mom and dad, my grandpa Bill and my grandmother Audrey. I think that they were wonderful people that really taught me what it was like to just be people. Like my grandpa Bill, he was just down to earth dude that let, you know, he was he retired when he was like 62 years old and he just loved doing he loved his car, he loved his yard work and he loved grilling. <laughs> and he had a spray bottle that if the flames hit up too high, he would spray the water bottle on the spray <laughs> bottle. And I just remember that kind of stuff about him. He was really quirky in that way. And he always had, he had a bunch of friends. We went out. He always would take us. He always made it seem like it was no big deal. We go for like afternoon coffee or morning coffee. He had a, there was a bakery in town that he went to every morning for morning coffee and he would take us when we came in and we could have a donut or whatever. And then when we came back and then we'd go to afternoon coffee at Hardy's and we could have whatever we wanted there. And all his friends were there, all these old guys just sitting around talking. And he really taught me what it was like to be like a dude, you know, just like a guy hanging out with other guys. And we just had a coffee or whatever. And, I always remember he always would bring just one of us at a time. So there was two bro I had two brothers. And if I went with like with my other one of my other brothers, he would be like, "Hey, one of his friends would be like, "Hey, you know, order some sandwich or something cuz your other brother was here the other day and he ordered like all this stuff." You know? <laughs> <laughs> and so he would always, and my grandpa would always be like, "Holy cripes, don't put that <laughs> on him, you know." <laughs> And then my grandmother on that side, my grandma Audrey, um, before I hand it over to Brian, before I, before I go to the other set of grandparents next, but she always was this in town, and this is weird because this is like the Midwest. Like, she was this in town girl, you know? Like, she was, she always wanted something nice to wear or always had good clothes on when she went to town. She had friends. She always wanted to tote people around, but she taught me what it was like to be kind of like, not really a socialite, but just kind of this like more extroverted version of myself. And I did, I do appreciate that about her. And I know that sometimes like, 
you know, maybe we didn't like always look back fondly on some of the stuff that happened when we were younger. And I just wish I was older now and I could meet, you know, talk to her now because some of the stuff she instilled upon me still kind of resonate with me today. So I just want to thank her for that. In the spirit of that, I'm going to follow. I want to thank my grandparents on my mom's side. So Richard and Vanita, they went by Dick and Babe. And so they were the grandparents that were closest to me in my growing up. Thank you, Grandpa, for always offering me gum, even if it was warm and really milly <laughs> from your pocket. <laughs> or a Werther's original. Yes, exactly. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Thank you for, uh, you know, bringing me along always and the, for the fishing trips, teaching, you know, bringing me out to your shop and just showing me some stuff that I kind of picked up later. Thank you to grandma. Well, thank you both to grandpa and grandma for all the different lessons I learned in cards. I would not be nearly as good at card games if not for them. Thank you, grandma, for your homemade noodles. I still miss those things. These were like the egg noodles. The only person that got close to that was my mother-in-law that had a similar egg noodle recipe. Thank you for that. Thank you for not... (laughs) this is going to sound funny thank you for teaching me how to conserve toilet paper and thank you for not getting so terribly mad at me every time I crammed your toilet (laughs) and like clogging it thank you grandpa for not losing your cool for clogging that toilet thank you for that and uh, thank you for scaring me with your false teeth as a little boy so I learned to realize that you know (laughs) elderly people aren't really that scary in real life if you get to know them yeah Thank you for all those things, and thank you for all the love and the memories from that time in my life. Thank you. Okay, so I'm going to do that, too, but with my dad's set of parents now, grandparents. My grandparents, my dad's mom and dad, my grandpa Albert and my grandmother Dorothy. I want to thank them for everything they taught me about work and working because as a teenager, I worked at their lumber mill. They had a lumber mill in the middle of nowhere, literally in the middle of nowhere. I learned a lot of work ethic about that. I was already a pretty good worker because my dad kind of instilled that upon me, but my grandfather, you know, repurposed that to me. And he also did take out his false teeth at several times and scare (laughs) us. He also had lots of sun damage on his face. And so he looked like a skeleton. (laughs) <laughs> and I remember my brother one time asking him, Grandpa, why do you have all those cracks on your face? You know, so <laughs> and that was the kind of thing. And he just took it in stride. And he was such my grandfather was such a, a dry sense of humor. And then he would not be dry and he would just be so funny that everyone laughed. And my grandmother was a lot the same way. She was very particular about her her things and her stuff, but not like her house. Like we lived in 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 the country, and you know her house was messy. But she always found time to, you know, teach us a lesson or, you know, take us out. And now when I'm older, it's just like so crazy. But she would take us out. We go picking raspberries and. We're in the middle of nowhere, and I know she thought it was boring. And we had a we had a uh, a playhouse basically, but it was a shed, the for us just for us three kids. And she would sit there with us for hours. And I thought to myself, man, this must be boring. 
but I think, you know, she loved it. I just thank her for all the times that she spent with us. She played a game that she created called Jailbreak. We would call her the Jailbreak Grandma. And she had this, she put her hair down because her hair was always in a ponytail. And she put her hair down and she was like the lion, you know, and she was like chasing us. All that stuff she did. And I know it was boring to her. And I think she actually loved it after a while, but we loved it and we loved her for it. And I just want to thank her for that. I wish I could just say again to her, thank you for that, because that really inspired me a lot. So we think this is a great place to kind of break and put a comma in the conversation so this episode doesn't get too long. So you guys and gals out there, thank you so much. And we will talk to you next time. Thank you.